Hi there. I'm Mindy Jensen. And I am Carmindy. Car- no, I'm, I'm really Carl Johnson. Mindy <laughs> wanted me to say Carmindy, but that's kind of weird. Clearly, I did not. You totally threw me for a loop, you big weirdo. Okay. And this is the Mindy and Carl on Money podcast, where we talk about what happens after you reach financial independence. So why do we call this show Mindy on Money? Because the, oh my God, Mindy is the coolest person ever. And Carl's Okay Too podcast didn't test well with focus groups. Wow. On this episode of the Mindy and Carl on Money podcast, Carl and I discuss our top 10 reasons for pursuing financial independence. But before we get started, let's take a quick break. Today's episode is sponsored by Books, our favorite books to be precise. That's right, Carl. Today's episode of Mindy and Carl on Money Podcast is sponsored by our favorite books, which can be found at mindyonmoney.com slash This episode is going to be about financial independence, so I suggest you go to our link and Take a look at The Simple Path to Wealth, which is our favorite book on how to invest to become financially independent. If you're watching the video, it looks like this. And now let's jump into our top reasons to pursue financial independence. You know, Mindy, you said top 10, but I counted 14. Okay, fine. Our top 14 reasons to pursue financial independence. Let's start with yours. I have a question for you. What percentage of people were farmers around the year 1900? I have no idea how many people were farmers in the 1900s. Why are you asking me this? I'm making a big point here. I'll get to that. It was about half. And do you know what percentage of people are farmers right now? Zero? One? No, there would be some farmers. <laughs> the, the, the cucumber just doesn't grow itself and show up in our refrigerator. <laughs> Thank you, farmers. I'm sure there's lots of people listening in their John Deere's or Internationals or Ford's. Uh, Mindy meant no disrespect. It's about 2%. 2%? Okay. Yes. From 50% to 2%? Yeah. And wow. Okay. Do, do you know what happened? Automation? Yes. Machines like tractors were invented, so we didn't need animals. All of a sudden, we could do a lot more work with a lot less human effort. And it's changing even today. I have farmers in my family, and I, I was talking to one of them a couple of years ago. I'm like, what's it like down on the farm? How much time do you spend in the tractor? And this person is like, well, actually, not much at all. That The tractor drives itself now. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Our Tesla doesn't drive itself that well, but apparently the tractor can. Are you talking smack about Tesla? I am. FSD sucks. It does. Yeah. Sorry. I call it PSD for partial self-driving. It sure isn't full self-driving. Also, you just said that the cucumber can't grow itself, but a tractor can drive itself? Yeah. Pretty amazing, right? One of these things is not like the other one. <laughs> This is my first reason why you should love fire is that artificial intelligence is going to take your job away anyway. So my first reason is artificial intelligence is going to take your job away. The robots and computers are going to come and take away a lot of jobs. And this is a lot different from the farmers because people had other jobs to move on to. But AI could take a lot more than just simple farming jobs. AI is all-encompassing. We see it even now with creatives. I've seen people do mock-ups of cars in 30 seconds with ChatGPT, Dolly, or MidJourney, where they would have had to hire an advertising agency or a graphic design artist and pay them a lot of money and get a result back in six weeks. Now they get it back in 30 seconds. If you think AI can't take your job, I think you might be wrong. I would agree with an asterisk. Because AI isn't going to take every job. I think AI will take some jobs, 
but I think that there will still be some jobs available. However, you are absolutely right. Would you like to be financially insecure and face losing a job or would you like to be financially secure and losing a job? Yeah, that's exactly my point. My next one, your job might not always love you. I was talking to a friend who was telling me how much he loved his job and I'm sure lots of people at Enron love their job as well. But it turned out their job didn't love them because my friend lost his job and lots of people at Enron lost their job as well. And this is kind of similar to the last one, but this could happen to you tomorrow, unlike the robots, which might take another decade before they come for your job. Enron actually doubled down on a lot of loss of jobs. That was so heartbreaking on so many levels, but there were people who were married to fellow Enron employees. So not only did you lose your job, but your spouse lost their job as well when the company imploded. And not only did you lose your job and your spouse lost their job, but your retirement account, many of them had lots of Enron stock in their retirement accounts. So that's an argument, not only for not working with your spouse, have a diversified job from your spouse, but also have a diversified portfolio so that your income and your retirement aren't tied to the same company. Can you imagine what would happen if you were working for Enron and all of our money was tied up in Enron? Wouldn't be sitting here talking about money right now. You'd be working. No, I'd probably be working at Taco Bell or maybe not driving the tractor, maybe fixing it. I'm going to do some more math to build up to my next one. Assuming you sleep for eight hours a day, that means you're awake for 16 hours a day. Seven times 16 is what? I don't know. You didn't tell me we were doing math in this episode. It is 112. I, I like doing math in my brain. So let- no, I don't. So you're going to be awake for 112 hours a week. And if you've got a a job, you're probably going to have to work for 40 to 50 of those, including a commute and everything else that leaves you with about half of your waking time to get everything else you need to get done in life. If you have two kids, that doesn't leave you a lot of time. I think of our job, or I think of us in the discussion we just had moments ago, you told me you don't have any time in your life, which is kind of fun to say because I don't have a real job. This is my (laughs) job right here. And I barely have time to do it because there's so much stuff going on. And I can't imagine how people with kids and families do it with two income earners. We did that for a very short amount of time. And much respect to y'all who do do it because it was quite miserable. Remember that? I do remember that. You were working full time and I was a stay-at-home mom from the very moment that our oldest daughter was born. And until the youngest went into kindergarten. And because she has a late birthday, she started kindergarten almost age six. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom for eight years. And that was great because I could do all of the everyday household stuff and run errands and laundry and dishes and cook dinner and all of those things, which I was happy to do. It wasn't, I did those because I'm a woman and that's woman's work. I did those because those are things that I either enjoy or am too cheap to pay somebody to do then, or they were just like, I didn't care if I did them or not. And you were working full time. Why would I ask you to do the laundry when it's not a chore that I hate and you're working full time? And I'm like, being a stay at home mom is a tough gig, but also I don't have to be anywhere. Like, all I have to do is make sure my kids are fed and clean and 
you know, so there's a, there's a different amount of expectation on your time when one of you has a job and one of you is a stay at home parent. So I happily took those on. It was such a shock to our system when we were both working. We chose not to continue that after about a year. Yeah, it was quite miserable. And the point I'm building up to is we didn't have any chance to explore anything we really wanted to do. In my show notes, I have explore your passions, but I don't like the word passion. That seems kind of ridiculous. I don't think everything I do in my life now I'm passionate about, but I like it better than working. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if I had the full-time job. I think it's a good all-purpose word. Explore your interests could also be a word that you use, but passions is a is a more descriptive, flowery word. I like it. Yeah, I think like passionate has its word. Like I'm passionate about Taco Bell and White Castle. Oh my God. But I'm not passionate about what's something I did in the house recently, maybe building a railing, but I still enjoyed it and I liked it more than my job. I'm passionate about you stopping talking about Taco Bell and White Castle. Okay, let's move on to the next one. (laughs) And this all relates to what we just talked about. It is kids. If you have kids, especially young kids, I can't think of anything more valuable than to be able to give them time and devote time to them. And what a privilege it is to be able to stay at home while I worked. You had a much harder job than mine. I got to write code. My job was kind of fun. You had to change diapers and Oof, but it was valuable. And with that said, you would have rather been at home with the kids. We had a choice. They could have gone to daycare or you could have stayed at home with them. And it probably would have been a washout financially. At the time, yeah. But it was good. We decided to stay home with them. That might not be the choice for everyone, but it was pretty cool to be able to have that option where maybe we wouldn't have if we wouldn't have had the savings. Right. And that was a choice that we made together. That was a plan that we implemented together. I could have pursued a different career. There were several jobs that I was uh, pursuing before I got the one that I had when we were, when I was pregnant that would have been more demanding on my time. I realized that I didn't want to work 60 hours a week and I didn't want to work in these demanding jobs. There was an advertising agency that I could have signed on with. That would have paid really well, but also expected a lot more from me. And I knew that I wanted to have kids. We wanted to have kids. And I knew that I wanted to stay home with them. And I knew that you were making enough money that we could afford for me to leave. Yeah, it was great. My next one is FI allows you to do the right work. I'll, I'll give you an example from my own life. I liked writing computer code well enough. But one of my jobs was working for a life insurance company. I I hate insurance, and we've never owned life insurance or even considered doing it. Maybe that's an er error on our part. We should have considered it earlier, but now we don't need it, so we don't have it. I couldn't have cared less about life insurance. So what I was doing wasn't really aligned with my deep values and what I really would have enjoyed doing. I don't think many people really have that from their work. How many people would work at their job if it was free? And if you would, That means that you found that you love your job so much that you would work there without any financial compensation. That's amazing. But very few people actually have it. And some people who say they would are probably not being honest with themselves. But when you're five, you can do whatever work you want and you can experiment and find the work that you're really passionate about and that's aligned with your values. You know, I say that I would almost work at Bigger Pockets for free. 
And I say almost because my time is valuable. But I enjoy it so much that if they were struggling, maybe I'd consider it. Okay. So you're on the line there. I'm on the line there. But I really enjoy what I do. Okay. I mean, I'm still working there and I don't have to. I have three more. My next one is health. And again, back to my own story, when I was working, there were times when I weighed at least 20, maybe 25 pounds more than I do now. I had high blood pressure and no other health problems beyond that, but this situation would have led to other health problems. If you go to the Mayo Clinic website, there's something called sitting disease where the Mayo Clinic, the best healthcare institution in the world, probably, I think, I'm not a doctor, and but sometimes I act like one on the, on the internet. And at home. They say that sitting in a chair without physical activity for eight hours a day is equivalent to smoking a pack of cigarettes. And that's pretty much what I did. I just sat in a chair and it typed out computer code. Sometimes we would go to the gym, but guess what? When life got busy, what was the easiest thing to give up? It was going to the gym or going for a run. So I'm in far better shape now that I have the luxury of not having to go to a full-time job. So by that logic, then if I work out, I can smoke? (laughs) (laughs) I never thought about it that way, but yeah, I guess the answer is yes. You heard it here. The Mayo Clinic says you can smoke a pack a day if you work out. I'm kidding. They didn't say that. I debated putting this one first because this is one of my most important ones is money gives you security. And I'll back up a second and say a whole financial independence community is misrepresented on the internet because every time you see a story, it goes something like, meet the 20 plus couple who is living in a van on the Mexican Riviera. And it shows some glorious picture of a beautiful couple on the beach in the sunset or some other similar garbage like that. And maybe garbage is too strong of a word. That stuff is great. And it's sort of important, but what's really important is the security that money gives you. If you've got a big chunk of money, it makes loss of a job or some kind of sickness or some other emergency in your family or house much easier to deal with. And it's just going to take the stress out of a lot of situations because money might not be able to buy happiness, but it's going to be able to buy your way out of a lot of problems that life can throw at you. So security, super important. I agree. I don't have anything to add to that. Ooh, ooh, let me quote Charlie Munger. I have no, what did he say? I have nothing to add. Yes, I have nothing to add. I have nothing to add. And now I get to what I think is my most important one. I can go to White Castle or Taco Bell whenever oh, I want goodness, to. Oh my goodness, I'm so done with you. Now, I guess I could have done that before anyway, because those places are cheap. White Castle's a fancy place, hence the name. It's not fancy. It's a castle. Get on with your list. It, My most important one, and this one is someone inspired by J.D. Roth, who wrote a post about this a long time ago on Get Rich Slowly. But once you have money, especially if you remove the job, you'll find out who you really are because you don't have this big constriction on your life. A job will force you to be someone else because you have to be somewhere. You have to answer to other people. You have to do things other people say. But once that is gone, it's only you responsible for you. And maybe your partner a little bit. I'm looking at Mindy here who is yeah. who is glaring at me. <laughs> I'm not responsible for you. You're responsible for you. 
So if you want to find out who you really are, become financially independent and quit your job, and then you'll see who you really want to be and what you really want to do in life. And I think sometimes this can be a bit dangerous too. The example I can think of is let's say your marriage isn't so great. You're not best friends with your partner. If you've got a job, you can stay late. Half your time is going to be spent there or more. It might cover up some issues that could manifest themselves once you leave your job. How is that a positive? Well, I said it's dangerous. That isn't the positive thing. Oh. But I think in the end, is it's positive because then you're going to find out that your partner might not be the best for you and you'll move on and find someone who's better. So I think there might be a little bit of a rough period, a period of adjustment, but I think you'll be better off. What's more important than living a life true to you and your values and who you really are? Absolutely. Okay, so we were recently on a cruise with our two daughters, and we can't sit still and just relax and enjoy the cruise. So we were working on this episode and the taking notes and just brainstorming what are our top reasons. And I asked our oldest daughter what her reasons would be for pursuing financial independence. And I love what she had to say because they were so different from ours. She, I have been with her every day of her life. And yet she thinks very differently than I do. Her number one reason, well, we just wrote out one through four. So number one, to not have to stress about money. She just wants to be able to live comfortably, to do what she wants to do without having to constantly think about the cost. And that one is interesting because we talk about money a lot. And I wonder if sometimes what we discuss and we're discussing, we're trying to discuss how much things cost to, to get them to think about how many hours they're going to have to work in order to be able to pay for something or to recognize that you can only spend a dollar once. So if you buy pizza, you can't take that same money and then buy clothes with it. So make a decision based on truly what you want. But I think sometimes maybe we focused too much on how much things cost and not enough on living life within your values and deriving pleasure out of the things that you're spending money on. And that's a corner I think we've only very recently turned, so I can definitely see how she would have turned out like that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Number two reason, to live true to my values, which I really liked hearing her say. And then she said, I asked her to explain that. She said, I could buy a cheap prom dress, but I could buy a dress knowing it's ethically and sustainably made. And this one really resonated with me because I never think about sustainability. I only think about price. And there's a real problem right now with this fast fashion where companies will create cheap clothing. People buy it. They wear it for a few weeks or a few months, and then they throw it away or they donate it to the thrift stores. So being able to buy something that is ethically and sustainably made is a really great way to use your money. And I love that she at 16 is thinking better than I am at not 16. And she's on board with my new water conservation effort too. 
What is your new water conservation effort? So our showers are far away from where the water heater is. So what I do is I put a bucket underneath the shower and catch all the cold water while it warms up. And then I go dump it on the tree. Yeah, I like that too. We're going to have a garden next year and you could water the garden too. Nice. Another thing she said, I think all of her reasons kind of intertwine, but she said to be happy. I don't want to have to stress about things. And I think that's a pretty good point of view. And I wonder if perhaps us talking about money all the time has affected her. I think you said something pretty important there, or you hinted at something. You said us talking about money all the time. I think one of the best reasons you can pursue financial independence is so you don't have to think about something as, I don't want to say stupid, but or unimportant, because it is very important, but there's so many better things to worry and think about in your life than money. So if you are FI and don't have to constantly coupon clip or look for sales, that's a huge luxury and, and privilege in your life. And it's pretty amazing if you could eliminate all that stuff from your brain and use your brain to think about better stuff. I think about some parts of our family who are completely obsessed with the price of fuel. And every time we see them, they talk about it at length. And You can call out my dad. <laughs> If you need to know the price of gas anywhere, you can just call my dad. He knows. He studies it. He is obsessed. Plus, he's never going to listen to this podcast because he doesn't know how to download podcasts. Uh, it just amuses me. <laughs> Even if he does, he has the money where he doesn't have to worry about that. And why would you devote so much of your time every day to thinking about what a gallon of gas costs and trying to seek out a cheap gas station? If you can use your brain for better stuff than thinking about money all the time and price comparison, that's a true luxury. Yes. And her last reason is, I like the spontaneity of having money. And again, I asked her to elaborate, and she said, I like being able to just do something and not worry about how we're going to have to pay for it. And this is more for us because we have money. She doesn't have money. But she sees us being able to do things like that with little to no planning, you were able to go to the Taylor Swift concert because you have money to drop on a ticket, a thousand whole dollars that you didn't even call me about before you dropped it. Or the email that you sent me, hey, I think I'm going to buy that Tesla. And by the way, I've heard the text message. I've gotten this text message like 57 times. I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then you said the next one is like, it arrives on the 4th. And I look at this the calendar, I'm like, today's the 3rd. What are you talking about? So when it comes to being spontaneous, you sure right are there. And those are two big things. I feel the spontaneity part in our lives is more important when, for example, we're overwhelmed with a project and, hey, we're not going to cook dinner tonight. We're just going to go buy something from takeout. It's and Not all people can do that. Right. And that one is also really beneficial mental headspace wise. Just, oh, I don't have to think about what I'm going to make for dinner. We're just going to go out. Let's get into your reasons or your one very long reason. Yes. So when Carl first proposed this episode idea, he's like, oh, we'll both come up with our top 10 reasons and we'll compare and contrast them. And I thought, well, they're probably going to be the same. So we started writing them and I came up with one and then I couldn't think of anything else. So my top 10 reasons for pursuing financial independence is my top one reason, and that is 
freedom, which is so cliche, but it is also true. Cliche doesn't mean that it isn't true. I worked a job once where I was sexually harassed and that is so demoralizing. I didn't feel like I could leave. But you go in there and you see your boss's smug face and he knows that you can't leave and he's just like smarmy and the loss of power that you feel when you're in that position is really, really, really demeaning and soul crushing. And it's, you really feel powerless. I've worked for the right hand of Satan several times. I've had some pretty awful bosses and getting up for work every morning was depressing. Freedom to choose a job that you like, freedom to leave a job that you don't like, feel demoralized or outright hate is a big reason to have either financial independence or even just FU money, like JL Collins says. Freedom to speak your mind at work. Right now, I love my job, but if something comes up that I don't particularly agree with, I don't feel like I have to tamp down my feelings because I can speak what's on my mind. I'm not dependent upon them to put food on the table and keep the lights on in my house. On the flip side, I can speak up for my coworkers too, who don't have the same luxury that I have. And I don't just go around, like, don't think I'm spouting off at work all the time. But if I see something that I don't agree with, I don't hesitate to speak up. I mean, I also have a really great job, so it's not like I'm just, I hate everything. But in talking about, there's freedom of all types, freedom to spend time with your kids, like you said, to attend dance recitals and little league games and do all the things that if you have a job and you have a demanding boss and, hey, can I leave early? My kid has a basketball game at three. No, we work till five. How do you, how do you tell your kid I can't be there for you? Have a great big bank account and tell your boss, see ya. Freedom to travel on your timeline. Is this the part where I get thrown under the bus again? No, but I could definitely throw you under the bus. What I'm talking about is, do you remember when the girls were little and we would go to Disney the week after New Year's? Yes. Nobody's at Disney once all the kids go back to school. The week between Christmas and New Year's is the worst time to go to Disney. Maybe Thanksgiving week is the worst time to go to Disney. There's like several weeks that are the worst time. But the first or second week in January is an amazing time to go to Disney because everybody's in school and has just had a big vacation. So the freedom to travel on your own timeline because you're not worried about your work is fantastic. I thought you were going to bring up me not taking more than a week of vacation off in my whole entire career, which was quite pathetic on my part. I don't think pathetic is the right way to say it. I'm wondering if I've ever taken more than a week of vacation. Oh, we just took three weeks when we were in Hawaii. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So I guess I'm better than you. Yeah. Okay. But freedom to travel on your timeline also means that if you are traveling and we were in Hawaii and we're like, hey, this is awesome. We'd like to stay longer. You can extend that because you don't have a job to go to or you don't need to go back to your job because you're financially independent. Just be like, hey, boss, I'm going to extend my vacation another week. Oh, you don't like that? Okay, then I'm just going to quit. Or freedom to leave a vacation spot if you don't like it. 
because you're not worried about squeezing every dime out of your vacation because it's the only one you get. Having more options means you have the ability to choose the life that you want. Choose, or at least choose a more optimal life. A friend's daughter recently was hospitalized with RSV. And that's super scary to have your toddler in the hospital. And he simply told his office, I'm taking time off. And he works for a really understanding office. But if they weren't accommodating, he would just be like, yep, yeah, see ya. And this might seem like a no-brainer to people who are listening to the show, but have you ever had a job where they were super, super strict? Yes. Yeah, it's not fun. What is your favorite part about FIRE? I realize you still work in a more limited capacity than most, but you still work, but you've seen me. What do you think is the best part of this whole lifestyle? Or it could be anyone from our community as well. Oh, I love that you didn't give me a heads up on this before. So I have to sit here and think about it on air. That's super awesome. Thank you. I'll give Um, you as much time as you need. (laughs) Stay tuned for five minutes of silence. No, it's not going to be five minutes of silence. I think back to the week or so leading up to the time that you discovered the Mr. Money Mustache blog, where you were having a horrible time at work and your stress level was unmeasurable. It was so high. And you weren't eating and you weren't sleeping and you were short with everybody and you were just so worried about your job. And then I look now and yeah, you have stress because everybody has stress, but the levels were like this. I mean, you can't even, you can't even see even people on the, the video were like, I can't see your hands. They, you were so stressed out and just, Removing that stress from you has made me so happy because you're a happier person. And when you're happy, I'm happy. Oh, wow. That's good. I was going to, I thought I had a good thought, but now I don't even think I should say it. You have to say it. You put me on the spot. What's your favorite part of fire? There's a Helen Keller quote that goes, life is either. You're quoting Helen Keller. I'm just blabbing. So there's a Helen Keller quote that goes, life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. Before I discovered fire, I just assumed my life would pretty much be three decades of the exact same thing. I kind of liked writing code. It was a nice mental challenge. I didn't like all the stuff around it, but I just assumed that I'd be writing code for the next 25 years. I discovered fire when I was in my mid thirties. So I thought I'd be like 58, still doing that exact same thing. And now We're doing stuff that I never could have anticipated. We co-own a co-working space with Mr. Money Mustache, which is a bit surreal. I get to go to all these crazy events and just travel spontaneously. I've done all these cool projects on the house, which I enjoy. For the most part, they've ran their course. I'm the type of person who wanted to know what my life would look like in 10 or 20 years from now. I used to be that type of person. I wanted my whole life charted out. That gave me deep comfort. But now, I think it's the exact opposite. It's so cool when the next chapters of your life are blank and you have no idea what they're going to look like, but you know that you've got the time to embrace fun things that come your way or maybe partnerships with friends or fun businesses that you're doing, not for the money, but because you know you would enjoy the work, I said work, and being with that person or accomplishing something cool with that person. And I think it's just amazing to live this life. And 
I'm not a creative person. I don't have a lot of imagination. So I was so worried about being bored and it has turned out to be the exact opposite. I've got 500 years left of stuff I want to do. So I'm going to have to pick and choose since I probably have maybe 10% of that amount of life and probably half of that of good life before I can't do everything I want to do. So it's great. Wow. On that morbid note, next week, we are going to talk about reasons that people have for not pursuing fire. And this one is called Fire Sucks. And I'm greatly looking forward to this one. And these are all mostly quotes that came from people in real life. Yes. These are not reasons we believe you should not pursue financial independence. We are fully on board with pursuing financial independence and think that everybody should pursue financial independence, even if the retire early part doesn't apply to them. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Math can be hard. Remember that Barbie? (laughs) Unfortunately. Math is hard. I didn't shovel snow and I didn't mow the lawn. I couldn't get the lawnmower started. And I said, I want to buy a a snow plow, a snow blower. And you said you didn't want to. Shoveling snow was good exercise. And I said, well, that's your exercise. Uh, And we still do that to this day. If you want to buy a snow blower, I will be happy to help you remove the snow from all the places that we need to remove snow. Uh, I digress. Not going to White Castle on our anniversary. You're weird. Okay. Only because there isn't one in Longmont. If there's any White Castle people listening, we need a location in Longmont. I'm sure corporate headquarters for White Castle hamburgers is listening to this show. I hate everything.